Shut up and sit down. everyone and welcome to the quantum bang pre-show um i hope you guys are uh ready to read um also i want to admit something i'm a little nervous and i was like why why did i pick a new fan basically what is a new fandom because i really don't have much done in marvel you know and at the time i didn't have anything really done except for like that one short um when I, and why did I pick Marvel? Why did I do that? Why did I pick Frost Iron? And I'm like, now I'm a nervous wreck. I, I spent the whole day fixating on it while I was getting groceries. And, you know, I spent the whole year, um, like, talking about not talking about it. And so, I, I guess there's probably some expectation now. Um, and I'm worried you're going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and those of you who know me or you know those of you who've been around me for a long period of time I've, I've been on um i joined um fandom 2008 does that mean i've been 11 years not 10 was it may 25th my 11th anniversary i don't I'm going to have to look um, at my site and see if it was 2008 or two. Lady Holder? <laughs> Anyways, so I am a little nervous. Um, and I don't even, I don't even know. Uh, it's, it's not anything like I've ever done before, I think, really. It was really, it's really ambitious to try to fix the, fix the MCU. It is unlike anything you've ever done before. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely you went you did something you did something new uh, for you, and so you did something something your readers won't have um, expected. But it's it's wonderful. That queen of fandom conversion. I do. I have. I, I have busted the cherry of quite a few readers when it comes to new fandoms. Um. So yeah. But yeah, I'm a little nervous, and I think it's it's okay to be nervous. So if you guys are nervous about your posting date, just know that you're not alone in that freak basket. I'm in there with you. <laughs> 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 I'm pretty much always in that freak basket with you, <laughs> whether I admit it or not. You know, um, when I plotted Darkly Loyal, I went back and forth several times about actually using it for my rough trade that year. I didn't, I didn't know how people would receive it because because it was dark as fuck. <laughs> I mean, even when I was plotting it, I was thinking, there's no way if, if, if this gets a negative, you know, 
from the start, if, pe- if people are, you know, kind of appalled by what I'm doing here, it would, um, so, okay, um, but I actually, I actually started fandom May 25th, 2008. So it's and I got, a, my, and I got my own site by June. Yeah, so it's been 11 years, right? Yeah. Uh, by June? You got fed up that fast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. That that tells you that tells you folks how quickly it can go from Bob to Dick is that quick. <laughs> well, I I posted my first story on on fanfiction.net on May 25th. Wow. Of 2008. And by June 9th, I had my own website. June 9th, that's what I always put as Tony's birthday. <laughs> Junish, Junish, but yeah. But I started posting darkly, lo- dark, uh, not darkly, Lore, but dark places in the soul on fanfiction.net, and that just wasn't working out for me. I, I just couldn't handle those people over there. And also, I realized pretty much immediately that I was going to be too dirty for that site. And while some people get away with it, I don't think I would have. No, you kind of. I- you know, you have kind of a polarizing effect on people because you're kind of very blunt and people either take that well or they are, you know, little snowflakes and can't deal with it. And people would have been reporting you like ref, right, left and center out of spite. So Right. Right. So I just I removed myself before I could get removed. And I was also kind of fiddling with race bait, but that fizzled really quickly. Yeah, I, re- I remember them kicking a scribe off, or I remember hearing about it. I might not have actually been there when it happened, but I remember knowing that scribe got kicked off fanfiction.net. So I knew pretty much immediately that I wasn't going to, to last on fanfiction.net. Um, but yeah, so 11 years, not 10, for those of you who were listening to the podcast li- last night. But speaking of anniversaries, Jilly, would you like to share with the class? Yeah, so I I knew I posted my first fanfic in 1999. I knew that that was the year, but I didn't know exactly when in that year. I mean, I've slept since then. Um, so I went and I was able to figure it out, and it was June 1st. So it is, in two hours, it will be my 20-year fan, fanfiction posting anniversary. That's my first piece of fanfiction was published 20 years ago. Isn't that crazy, you guys? She's. We're gonna open up the quantum bang on Jilly's anniversary. Yep. And um, I mean, I started reading in fanfic. Shut a, up, Margaret. A year before. <laughs> <laughs> Go get in the corner, <laughs> Margaret. That's just harsh. <laughs> okay. For those of you who are on the podcast and you're not going to see what this this this. Fetus wrote on the chat room. She said, Oh my God. Oh dear God. You've been in fandom longer than I've been alive. <laughs> but speaking of Margaret, if you've not gone over to Cobblestone Press and picked up the Spring Prince, you absolutely should. She's a baby. She's just, what, you're 19? She's just 19 and she's published her first short story. Um, it's over on Cobblestone Press and it's called The Spring Prince and you should like totally go buy it. I found it absolutely charming. I loved it. Definitely go pick it up. Um, I bought it. It's on my Kindle. 
I've been very busy this month. <laughs> I have read yeah, you've been a little busy. Been a little busy, but I did take time to buy it. So, and the sequel is with the publisher. She says in the chat room. So, yay! Are there going to be four? Because there's like a spring and a. Are we going to have summer, winter, and fall? Awesome. Is it summer? It should be fall, like spring, summer, fall, and then winter. Yeah. Awesome. That is fantastic. Autumn. You're going to go with autumn. Okay. Very cool. Looking forward to it. Now, I did start reading fanfic for a good year before I actually wrote it. Well, not before I wrote anything. I mean, I, I immersed myself. I had, a fr I had a friend who she um, printed out all the fanfictions she liked. She enjoyed it. Well, she preferred reading on paper. So she would print it out. And everything she even remotely enjoyed, she kept in a filing cabinet. Well, by the time she introduced me to fan fiction, she had four four-drawer filing cabinets full of fanfic. So I would just go over and pick up like a crate of fan fiction from her and take it home. <laughs> so I spent like a year going through her filing cabinet before I really started thinking about writing my own. And let me tell you, you know, getting a million word fanfic printed, is, <laughs> that's daunting <laughs> I remember the first time I had, to ha I had to print a novel to take to 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 send off to a publisher um and um an actual novel not like a you know not like the crap I'd been doing before but like real full-blown novel and it was like 360 pages because it was double spaced and it was in Cur Courier New Anyways, yeah. I had to, uh, anyways, I had to do that, and I went to FedEx because I didn't think my home printer could handle it, and um, I would end up having pages missing, or you know, it would be you know, it'd fade out. I'd run out of ink. So I thought, fuck it, I'm just gonna go to FedEx, Kinkos. It was Kinkos at the time, and um, that's how old I am, uh, Margaret. Uh, <laughs> and I said, I need, I, I need to print a really big job. And they were like, how many pages is it? I said, between 370 and 400 pages. I don't really remember. So I had formatted it for that. And um, so, and it was a really explicit novel. And I asked him, I said, do you have a policy about um, the content that you print? And they said, only if it's copyright protected it is your material right i was like yeah it's totally mine I, I sold it to a publisher and i have to send them a copy and a big copy <laughs> i said but it's erotica <laughs> and i made my first sale <laughs> she's like well what's the name when does it come out i said, I don't know when it's coming out <laughs> but i gave her the name and about a year later i went in to do another one and she had bought my book and she said wait wait and she get, she runs back to the back office comes back and she had this, this 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 book had been through it and it was a copy of my book and she must have read it four or five times and she got me to sign it so when i got my author copies for my second book i took one down to her <laughs> So nice little weird thing. Yeah. Reading on paper. I mean, that's how I, you know, I, that's how I started with fanfic was reading it all on paper. And um, my friend, she was so anal. She had a database of everything she'd ever read and she had her notes on it and she graded it. Right. So, wow. Like, yeah. So I, I kid you not like a plus a, a minus B, B plus. And like, sometimes, like sometimes she, she usually only kept the A's and the B's. 
And like to be an A, it had to be really exceptional craft and be good a story, but you could be a B and have your craft be a little bit off. Uh, but anyway, so, but she kept a few C's just because they were hot. <laughs> so I always knew what to expect when I got something that was a C. It was like, it's super hot. It's, it's going to be short, but it's going to be super hot, but everything else can be jacked up. So, yeah. She also had old copies of like, you know, Star Trek fanfic from back in the day that was like older than me. So, Margaret, that'd be like older than your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Our old as your grandma. Your grandma could be one of those ladies in the 70s that was writing Kirk Spock porn. There you go. <laughs> so, Erita, if you had a GeoCity site, I have to know, did you have things on your site that flashed? Because it seemed like it was the hallmark of a GeoCity site was flashing something. <laughs> flashing banners, flashing text, weird flashing images in the background. I used GeoCities to host my Sim site. When I, when I had a sim site, it flashed. It's like, this, there was music, there might have been fireworks, I don't know. I I have talked to, you know, a fetus or two who has no idea what GeoCities is, and I'm just like, oh, whatever, dude. So I had told my mom, by this came up today, speaking of fetuses, um, she said, you know, because I'm not ever on Facebook anymore, so I'm not on Facebook Messenger to ever talk to her, and she says, how am I supposed to talk to you? And I said, well, if you ever want to talk to me, you're just going to do the Discord account. So she did. Because, you know, it's just like I didn't expect her to. But she did it anyway, right? So I do talk to my mom on Discord. She but we have we have lines. She's not allowed to join any of my servers. But anyway, so she's at she's at the cell phone store, right? Switching to a new cell pro phone provider. And the guy, she says he looks like he's 18. He's just finished putting in her SIM card and she gets a Discord notification. And apparently he was like, oh my God, do you use Discord? What games do you play? She's just sitting there looking at him like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I use it to poke at my daughter. Yes. So she asked me, she says, why would he be asking me about games? And I was like, okay, let's talk about Discord. <laughs> and what it was started for. Oh, Quantum Bang, minor point of like little bit of housekeeping for those of you who are participants in the Quantum Bang. Um, I was asked by someone for some like QB branded images or something using our logo or whatever for them to put up on their site, um, like an icon. If you guys want anything like for your site to put up, you know, I'm a participant in the Quantum Bang. You're welcome to ask me for what you need and I will do it. Um, I will not send out the background image that we use because I did pay for a license for that image and it feels skeevy to send it to other people. So, but because it would be whatever you need would be associated with the quantum bang, I'm more than welcome to send you whatever size you need. You just need to contact me and let me know. Um, but because I did go to a stock photo site and I did buy that image, I'm not you know, prepared to distribute it for people to do what they want with it. Makes so. sense. Web rings. Oh my oh. God. I actually miss web rings. <laughs> web rings were actually pretty cool. Um, I've discovered all kinds of fandom stuff that I wouldn't have found otherwise if I hadn't hit a web ring. They were very useful. Yep. 
So let's look at, since this is our pre-show, let's look at the first few stories, the first couple of days, our, what our weekend is, okay? Like we're going to dig in for our weekend with the... The Quantum Bang did get a little bit of a, 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 a visual upgrade this week. Um, not, it's not a ton change. The front, the front page is, just looks different. So all the same content is there. It's just been rearranged. If you're looking for something, it's there. It's, hasn't, it's not lost. It's somewhere. It's actually probably still on the front page because the only thing I moved off the front page was the information about how to get, um, about how to get to the reader views. So Kira's coming up first. And Kira is, of course, doing MCU. Ellie will be up second. She'll be up midday tomorrow for those of us here in the United States. If you're, that's evening for you people in the UK, I think. Maybe late afternoon. I don't know. Um, and she's doing Harry Potter. And it sounds very interesting. Um, after that, for you NCIS fans, most of you have probably read uh, stuff by S.A. Sundance. And she'll be up next on Sunday with a story called The Charming Gardener. And you, you guys don't have to make notes on these because we do have a full schedule printed. I mean, not printed, published. <laughs> if you go to the fiction index, it'll be pinned to the top. I mean, I it'll understand. be pinned there the entire time posting is happening. So you'll always know what's coming up next. Aw, cheap. I, I will tell you, uh, Essay Sundances and Kira's are both quite long. I think S Kira's is like, what is yours, 115? Yeah. And I think Essay Sundances is, I want to say it's like 136 or 134 or something like that. Uh, it's 134, 134,000. So, you know. Get 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 your snacks laid in when you're going for these deep, these big ones. Uh then I think our next person is in the podcast tonight. Is Sue still here? She was here earlier. Yes. Uh, Gypsy Sue will be up on Sunday afternoon, which uh, I have no idea what that time is. She, she's she's, she's an, an Aussie, and she's in one of those half-hour time zones, so I have, like, no freaking idea what that time that is for her. Um... And she is doing another Harry Potter story. You will get a Harry Potter story every day except the first Monday, the first Friday, and the second Monday. We only have three days in the challenge without a Harry Potter story. Because people felt like Harry Potter was what needed fixing this year. Not that Harry Potter doesn't need fixing anyway. but it Harry was Potter does need fixing. I needs mean, a lot of fixing. Practically from the moment. No. No, no. No, let's back it up. From the moment that Fidelis charm was cast, Harry Potter needs fixed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like. So there's lots of fixing and everybody, we, we did get like, I think, uh, was it, it's 11 or 12 stories? 11, it's guys, 11. Can you guys hear my mouse clicking? I can't hear it. Okay. Okay. Well, so, what's really cool is that I had sampled um, the sound of Jilly's fan running in the background, and I was able to totally remove it from the recording last night. Nice. Yeah. Or this morning, actually. 
I also want to talk about what happened last night in the chat room and um, my response to it on air. Um, when I posted the podcast today, I did remove the name of the person responsible. I don't think it was a good idea. I, I, I was so angry that I said the name when I shouldn't have. So I have removed it from the archived podcast on CastBox. So when you hear it, when you listen to it, it will sound a little garbled at that point when I said the person's name. Um, because that's just like the kind of hostility and ongoing um drama that I want to create. I didn't cut anything else out of it for just the sake of being real and also to um forestall anybody saying something I didn't say or making more out of what I said. You know, so the only thing that was removed was the name, and it's kind of glitchy. You'll hear it when it's removed, so um. And, uh, but, uh, that's all I want to say about that. <laughs> Just FYI. If it sounds a little weird. Yeah, if you're itching, you need to stop drinking whatever you're drinking and maybe take some Benadryl. I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to be, you know, like, um, um, alarmist, but when I had anaphylactic reaction to something, the first thing that itched was my hands and feet. Of course, it all happened very quickly after that, but my hands and feet were the first thing. It's like all of a sudden my hands and feet felt like they were just like, had been recovered in hives. They weren't, but they just itched really badly. And then the rest of it came on. So, <sighs> so don't mess with that. Um. We're good. You see, stop drinking. Um, the, I that's how I figured out I was allergic to kiwi. I get it in my throat with kiwi. It makes my throat itch. I got um, I got a mouth and tongue full of hives. I'd never had kiwi before, and it was in a fruit salad. And um, I thought, well, I'll just try it. I, I've never eaten it because I didn't like the way it looked. It also have things with texture, and the texture was just um, texture is atrocious. The texture is atrocious, and it just didn't look like something I wanted in my mouth. But but it was in a fruit salad, and it was kind of diced up, so I thought, oh, it would be fine. And it was the only thing in the salad that was new. And I put a bite in my mouth, and within like forty five, maybe 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 a minute, I had hives all over the roof of my mouth. And by the time I got to the bathroom to rinse my mouth. To try, you try to get the residue out. It was on my tongue, on the insides of my cheeks. It was, oh, it was terrible. Oh, so I've never had kiwi again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it just makes me a little bit itchy, but I mentioned that to my doctor actually recently about uh, the kiwi, the kiwi making my mouth itch. And I said, you know, I'm not allergic to it. And she says, yes, you are. I said, no, they tested me for kiwi allergy. They said, I'm not allergic. She said, if something makes your mouth itch, do not put it in your mouth. Well, they say that sometimes if you're having a reaction to a fruit like bananas or um, or kiwi uh, or and if it's just itching, it could be a reaction to pollen on the fruit rather than the fruit itself. Um, but I wouldn't want to put anything in my mouth that makes my mouth itch. <laughs> but the thing about kiwi is you peel it. So I don't know. I mean, who eats kiwi unpeeled? So...
I mean, it's possible. But there I are think also because you peel it with the same knife you cut it with. That could be. But I mean, one thing I do know is that there is, there's been, it's very difficult research to do about like compound allergies. But I remember reading an article once about people who are only allergic to melons during ragweed season. So it's like you're getting some, your immune system is being stimulated by one thing and then you have this other thing. And apparently that particular connection was one they were able to make is people who only had a, a melon problem during ragweed season. And it was apparently a big problem in Texas because ragweed's a big issue in Texas. So not that it's not a big issue in a lot of places, but they also eat a lot of melon in Texas. <laughs> but specifically like honeydew and cantaloupe, not so much watermelon. Melon? Senna says she's alert. Oh, you don't like watermelon, Senna? I'm hurt. I love watermelon. I could eat my weight in watermelon every day. Yeah, it, it, I love, I definitely, I love watermelon is the best thing. It is my favorite fruit. Uh oh. When I was young, um, sorry for the clicking. When I was young, um, my grandpa gr grew watermelons, and he would grow orange ones. They were kind of orange yellow. I've had those, and really I would do. I would. I would love to have one. I have not seen one in decades. I would pay three or four times where I would normally pay for a watermelon for one of those because it's just like it was like and he um because he grew the red ones and the yellow orange ones whatever they're called kind of like near each other every once in a while you get one that was kind of like a hybrid there was this one vine that was kind of like a hybrid of the two and it was like a rainbow melon <laughs> It was a really weird watermelon vine, but it, it and the watermelon was so sweet and crisp and awesome. It was lovely. Wow. I just watermelon. I remember when I was a kid, we I wanted I grew up in in Texas and Georgia, and when we were living in Texas with my grandfather, not Texas, when I was living in Georgia with my grandfather, we got a watermelon one day, and I was like, "Can we please plant the, the seeds?" And they're telling me, "Oh, that they won't take." But, you know, he, he was, you know, trying to pat me on the head and, you know, yeah, indulge, indulge me in, in planting these watermelon seeds. Well, they did take. And we had this enormous watermelon vine patch out back. Mm -hmm. we, we ate watermelon like multiple. We had to go through multiple watermelons a day that summer. <laughs> it, was, it was ridiculous. I bet that's the last time I let you plant something. <laughs> <laughs> So Reaper hates pumpkin. <laughs> I don't like pumpkin either. Um, and so I've made a comment about pumpkin juice. No pumpkin juice for you. Reaper says, oh, hell no. First time I read that, Harry Potter, the my first thought was, why are they torturing those poor kids? I actually don't hate pumpkin, but I had the same thought because pumpkin juice sounds appalling. It doesn't even sound remotely interesting to eat drink whatever but um the only time i'll eat pumpkins is i have an aunt who makes pumpkin cookies um and they are amazing she makes these fluffy pumpkin cookies and they're kind of like a little miniature cake 
and then she swizzles uh, dark chocolate on them. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I have no problem with pumpkin pie. I mean, pumpkin pie. It actually is on Holy Roller, as a matter of fact. She can throw down with a pumpkin cookie. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> She'll make you just change your whole mind about pumpkins. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, it's like it's like I hate bananas, but you put bananas in certain baked goods, and I'm all in. <laughs> you give me a piece of really, really moist. Uh huh. I, I said it. I said the word. I just now realized that someone put "dick" in the middle of her name. You just noticed that? Yes, that's <laughs> hilarious. Um, She's banana ever- bread. I fucking love a really moist. Banana bread with walnuts. Oh my god, so good. He's definitely in one of the dicks. There's no doubt about that. I made a joke earlier that if you ignore the that I was I was the, I was the Bob and Kira was was the dick. And you know, you ignore the Bob, you get the dick. Um, so of the of us, I would definitely say As and I were the were the Bobs, and you, Lady Holder, and Center, the dicks. <laughs> I'm, I'm just sure saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Dick being the blunt instrument in this particular scenario. I can't believe I didn't open the show with Welcome to the Dick and Bob Show. (laughs) I feel like I missed an opportunity. It is a missed opportunity. Back to my nervousness. I am nervous. And it's ridiculous. Because, I mean, you know. But... I feel ridiculous for being nervous, but I am nervous. So if you're a participant in the Guam Bang and, you're, and your date's coming up, I mean, like I said, just remember that you're not alone in that freak basket. And I don't know, I don't know what possessed too. me. I don't know what possessed me to, to pick a new fandom, basically, and a new pairing. Um, and probably one of the, is, is uh, what's the biggest pairing in the MCU? Steve Tony. Steve Tony. Okay. I'm double checking, but um, it's pretty easy to figure out relationship. I I really did challenge no, myself. I okay, said the biggest ahead. pairing. The biggest pairing is Steve Bucky by a lot, and then oh, Steve wow. Tony, okay. and then Steve okay. Tony. It's a. F- I could four- not pay p- put Stephen Strange with anybody. I think he's an asshole, and I have a hard time getting past that. I like Stephen Strange, so I, I I don't have a problem getting past it. <laughs> but the thing is, most of the places where I would position a, a story in the MCU, Stephen Strange is not the not the Sorcerer Supreme yet. And and the thing is, I think his his journey to becoming the Sorcerer Supreme tempered his assholery. And pre pre that his accident and stuff, I I wouldn't pair him with anybody because he's too much of a dick. So. His ego was just a little bit. I think that um, I'm I am all in on take back the characters and fuck you, Marvel. Uh, so I am ready to dismiss everything past. Avengers. The first Avengers Avengers assemble, um, except for Thor Ragnarok, which I really enjoyed in Black Panther. That's about it. As far as the Avengers go. I can see that. I mean, 
uh, uh, yeah, of the of the combined movies, I mean, I I could see positioning some stuff around Iron Man three. I hated Iron Man three as a movie, but there's some events in there that aren't bad to work with. Um, I think Century is right after Iron Man three. It is, yeah, it is. Um, I didn't have a problem working with Steve in that one, and then. Um, I think I think my hard line where the plot they lost the plot was the Winter Soldier. So I've never seen Civil War. I, I won't be watching it. Um, I there I have so many problems with Winter Soldier. It's not, it's not even, it's it's ridiculous. So for me, um, because I am fully capable of of revamping a character to suit my own needs, there's not a single character in the MCU. Even Stephen Strange, if it came right down to it, that I can't play with because. For me, once I put them on my page, they're mine. And fuck you, Marvel. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I was planning to go Steve Tony in November with... Um, well, I wrote Steve Tony in Century. So, I mean, that's still... I did stall out the on that. The fact is, is the two actors have a lot of chemistry, and it makes it really easy to see. I mean, even when they're arguing, they have chemistry. Because did anybody else think it was really hot when Steve told Tony to put on the suit? Because <laughs> I did. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I, um, I did stall out working on Century because of Endgame, but I kind of got over it. So, um. I'm trying to finish that up and try to just stay in the mindset that this is my character. It's not what Marvel did to him. So, uh, well, I couldn't read there. There's no pairing pretty much for, for, for Tony after age of Ultron, the whole team needed to be like dropped off a pier. Cause once they let oh, Wanda on, the, I, I once, hate her. Once they let Wanda on the team, it was just hundred percent done. Yeah. But the thing is, I can't really work with Steve after Winter Soldier either, because that's why I set Sentry where I did, which was at, before Winter Soldier, is because I I think if he ever understood the ramifications of what he and Natasha did, I think the guilt, if, if I were trying to make him a sympathetic character, the guilt would eat him up. And I wouldn't want to write that kind of angst. So I, it has to be positioned before Winter Soldier. So Steve, the old, supposedly like the symbol of patriotism, committed treason. I who who thinks of something like that? Just bad writing. It's it really just is. bad writing. So and because it is just bad writing, I can take it all out and just throw it away because um, I don't have a problem owning a character. They gave us good characters, and then they didn't do good things with them. So we just take it back and do what we want. Exactly. So I am probably going. We are probably going. We, we are going to do. I think MCU for November, um, and mm -hmm. we have two different choices. Um, I think I can work with any of them. I have a really awesome idea for Natasha. And for one of these, I for one of the for November or just no, separate, no, just separate story. Yeah, just just in general. I told you about it. Yeah. I don't want to share because someone might take it and use it. 
Yeah, sometimes when you have a, an idea you really find precious, you don't want to. And I am precious about it. <laughs> I am very precious about it. The MCU in, in November. We haven't picked our one sentence prompt yet, so I don't want to like talk about it until we do. And then once we're solid, we don't want to talk about it because we don't want to influence each other. Especially if we don't want to influence Lady Holder, who is going to be pantsing. Yeah. So we've got. Um, I, I'm working up. I've got a. Uh, my my plot for both is a little bit sketchy, actually, right now. <laughs> she's not. She's a diehard pantser. You know what, though, it that is it is perfectly legitimate. Now I know I spent a lot of time talking about plotting. That's my bailiwick. That's where I'm. That's where I'm comfortable. And even when I so-called pants, I usually plot the whole damn thing out in my head before I start writing. Um, and I know all my points. I I know where I have to hit, hit, hit. You know when I'm going, which is why I had so many problems with Revenix. I tried not to do that. I tried to just genuinely pants. Nope, that didn't work out. Synthetic was your pantsing project. Was it synthetic or was it Revenant? No, it was Revenant. No, it was synthetic. Was it synthetic? Synthetic, because uh, you had done all of that work on the on the world so that you wouldn't start working on your plot. Ah, oh, right. You're right. You're absolutely right. But yeah, it did work out for me. But that being said, pantsing works like gangbusters for some people, and Lady Holder is one of them. And I would not want to. Um, corrupt her process uh, or force her into a box where she feels like she has to pants. I mean, a plot. Because that's just not fair. That's not fair to um, any of you. Um, that would just be like me trying to turn a plotter into a pantser. You gotta, you, you gotta own your process, whatever your process is. And honestly, if you if you plot in your head, it doesn't matter if it's on paper or not. If it's in your head, if you plotted it out in your head, you still plotted it. So you could tell me you're going to pant something, and by the time I finish the first scene, I've got the whole story plotted. That's just the way I work. Ellie was very stressed that when she tried to pant something, it it was not. She she got through it, but it was not working for her. And some people are. Some people cannot plot, and or it messes up their 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 whole process, and they they fuck up and they can't work it out. And other people kind of like meander off into the wilderness without a plot. Well, one of the things somebody somebody mentioned in the chat room that said they never wind up where they're supposed to go, and they feel bad, so they just pants all the time. Honestly, that happens to plotters too. Well, we've talked about that line that no battle survives, no battle strategy survives engagement with the enemy. Well, no plot survives engagement with the rotting process. Um, you guys should see my plot document for Unleash Your Demons. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I mean, I've had a whole story go completely off the rails. And it, it, it's, it, I wouldn't even call it a failure in the process. It's just sometimes something in the writing, like I, I pull out something or something that you couldn't expect until you wrote it. And like, okay, that's the thing I need to stick with, and so I'm going to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay in this lane and 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 work from here, and then I have to adjust my plot. So, you know, but that it doesn't mean that's comfortable for a pantser. Um, 
so if if not being able to go where you thought you were going to go is like massively frustrating and it works more for you to to be just pants then that's what you should definitely do but i just only mention that because i don't think most plotters have much of a different experience we just you know stop and replot Or sometimes you'll be writing and you'll have a whole bunch of things plotted. And then when you get there, you'll be like, okay, now that doesn't really work with what I've done so far. And then you just XXX or squiggle it out if, if you've printed it out like I do. Um, I probably easily dropped 15 or 20 plot points in Unleash Your Demons as I was. And I also had something planned in Unleash Your Demons that I didn't do. Because I realized that having this happen, and after you guys have read it, we, we can talk about it. Because um, I had something planned for one of the characters to ask another character to do. Um, and the character was going to go and do this, quite frankly, very dark, fucked up thing. Um, but when it came time to do it, I had created this relationship between these two characters that made that impossible. And I was like, well, that's just squiggle it out. I'll deal with him later. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's and that's what you do is you go, okay, this doesn't work. And a lot of times it is character dynamics because I think for character-focused writers, you want to keep your characters on point, even if you have to adjust your plot. So, you know, and most of my plot adjustments are around keeping my characters and their interactions, either keeping them in character or keeping their interactions good or whatever. But sometimes I also drop pl plot points because, and there is a ripple effect. Like if I drop, I drop plot points in demons because I didn't feel like, I felt like it was over like an overly complicated subplot or whatever. And then what happens is there's ripples of taking out a subplot and then I have to deal with it. Or, you know, I put in a subplot, a very tiny one where Betty comes back into things. And that was my own fucking fault because I wrote, I, I got I, OTP'd. Yeah, we did that one sentence prompt right before Rough Trade started. Um, or maybe it was during Rough Trade. When did we do it? Mine was called A Common Disaster, and I can't remember what yours was called. Um, For hearts, it cannot vary. It might have been during Rough Trade. And all of a sudden, I needed Betty in the story, but I hadn't plotted Betty into the story. So there wound up being a. Um, ripple effect that I put her in, but the fact that she was there now created complications that I hadn't accounted for in the plot. But I think so, you did really well with that. I mean, you know, you you had to patch it, but I, but I think it was a great patch. Yeah, I patched. <laughs> um, so it, you know, it just it's it's a it's a thing that happens. As things happen unexpectedly for plotters too. Um, I, I don't think I've ever had a story that was more than ten thousand words that came out looking like my plot document <laughs> completely, you know, usually if it's short, it, it comes out, you know, I'm pretty good about staying on task, but if it's, if it's novel, especially if it's novella or novel length, <laughs> I often don't recognize the end result. Um, and I'm nervous. Um, I'm very nervous about the QB too, because I am totally out of my usual lane. So, yeah, I mean, you you wrote Jen. I'm um, Jen Fick. Um, wrote Jen, and I wrote Teen Wolf totally without. I've mentioned on other podcasts that I often use crossovers to move into new fandoms because um, I take a character I'm familiar with and I bring them into a fandom. Well, that's what I did with React, 
um, was I brought Tony into Teen Wolf. And then I started working on my Quantum Bang, and I don't have Tony, so it's just Teen Wolf. So it's, it's Teen Wolf, it's Genfic. Um, so, and it's a very, it's a very quiet fix it. So, but it's lovely. Thank you. I mean, I was like, aw. <laughs> but also, like, poor Noah. <laughs> yeah, just, that just poor like, man. Poor Noah. <laughs> doesn't even know what he's getting into. Mine's not being posted. Mine's the last post. So it will be noon on the 14th. But here's my summary sheet. As my wife asked. Um, so, Cinna asked, which format works better for you, the Quantum Bang or Rough Trade? <laughs> um, I will say the Quantum Bang, they're very different. I like Rough Trade. It's very a, different. Yeah. From a creativity, creative environment. But we created a very productive, productive and creative environment behind the scenes with the Quantum Bang. So, it, I don't think that was lacking. Oh, look at my pretty artwork. Um, I don't think that was lacking in any way with the Quantum Bang. It was just a lot of it was behind the scenes. Um, and, you know, we were all very supportive of each other. And um, we have a little but, forum. And a lot of people were in the sprints um, near the end of Quantum Bang doing their editing. Um, so it's really cool. I think this year it'll be even better because a lot of people will be in sprints riding their next Quantum Bang. I mean, it, the QB, what the, the issue for me with the QB is that it had, I like, I like getting a story completely done behind the scenes. There's something very satisfying about it being completely done and then, re um, and then revealing it. But the, the, the long hold on this, like the, the long wait to reveal creates nerves I don't usually struggle with because usually I finish editing something and I post Boom, it. Boom, it's done. I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I move on. But I've been done for months and I haven't moved on. <laughs> it's been driving me nuts. And also, because I did do something different, something new. And um, I explored something that um, uh, and it was just I'm just I'm excited and nervous and I hope you guys love it. And, um, but also this is, this is going to sound really weird because I don't, I, I don't, I make a habit of saying that I really don't care about feedback, but there haven't been a lot of comments on the summary sheets and it's like nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's been very so people are afraid to comment or they're just waiting to comment on the story. But I'm like, I just, I wish, I wish I knew that you guys were more excited than you are. <laughs> Cause I'm like, is anybody going to read it? And you know, and that's just this weird little thing you get in your brain, right? That doesn't make any sense. Somebody's going to read it. <laughs> yeah. People are going to read it. I'm going to re I've been, I mean, I, I could have re well for, I'm just, you know, going to say I could have reread this already because I have the copy that I baited. So there's that. <laughs> Plus I have access to the post. So I could have reread it, but I didn't because I am not reading it until it goes live for everybody. So I haven't, I haven't looked at it again since I baited it. 
Wow. Even I though I was substantially, substantially different because this may sound arrogant, but by the time I hit beta, I had a really tight draft. Yeah, you did. So. It's not like I had much to say about your, your story. No. <laughs> no. So, but, um, I mean, I think that by the time I hit beta, I was on my third draft. So, yeah, I mean. Uh, somebody asked earlier, uh, um, will Quantum Bang fix it, be fix it next year? Quantum Bang will always be fix it. For That's as long the point. As long as, it's, as long as it exists, it will be fix it fix. Love a bitch. I mean, I think for some people might find the holding on to it very stressful or nerve wracking. Um, and then some people might just, there's something, although there, I think there is something there to have finishing a story and sitting on it. Um, if you're a, a, a work in progress writer, um, it, you tend to post, you know, a chapter when you write it, you know, it could be a moment to try something where you sit on a story and see what it's like to put up a finished work, you know, just, Check it out because if you ever, especially if you ever want to go pro, if you ever want to try to submit a story, it's not going to, just because you finished it doesn't mean it's going to be up. <laughs> no. Be, you're going to turn it in and you're going to have to wait for editing and then you're going to have to wait for your art and then you're going to have to wait for your slot in the publication schedule, which it could be nine months by the time you, from when you get a contract to when your book is out, it could be nine months or a year. I mean, in, in print, it could be a year and a half to two years. I waited my longest wait to publish to publication from submission was eighteen months. But I knew, but I knew somebody who waited almost three years to publish. So, and I, small independent companies um, like Cobblestone and um, what's it? Um, so many have closed. Um, Liquid Silver. Uh, Well, now there's and now now there's like the small indies that are fairly popular. You've got Cobblestone, you've got MMR. Um, like I, I mean, t technically like Dream Spinner and Riptide are indie publishers, but I they're both, you know, I don't think they exist anymore. There's also Wild Rose, but I don't normally do much talking about them because they have um, submission policies that I don't agree with. Um, so. <clears throat> so, and, and it is, this is, a bang is very different. I mean, this is the way bangs always are. Unlike Rough Trade, where when you, people, there are a lot of people who, even people I know who read my work religiously don't read it on Rough Trade because they don't read unfinished works and there's no guarantee that I'm going to finish. So they don't read it, which I completely understand and I respect their position. So rough trade is, and also some people don't want to read rough drafts. So, um, no. So there are, there are people have preferences around what they're going to read. So, Rough Trade isn't the ideal writing environment for every writer. It's not the reading, ideal reading environment for every reader. You have to understand yourself and, and read where it's comfortable. But in traditional Bang style, only stories that are finished go up, and they go up all at once. You know, you don't 
put them out in dribs and drabs. I appreciate that. I mean, you know, I prefer to post completed works anyway. That's my that that's my preference. And the few things that I do have outside of EAD are um uh excerpts that I put up for readers as gifts and they're not, you know, it's like someone asked about the um the one I have on my site where Harry Potter is actually the son of an elf lord, literally. Um, and I put that up for a reader who was having a really, really, really bad day. Um, so I put it up as a gift to her um, a long time ago. And, um, I, I, you know, honestly, that story wouldn't have been, even been put on EAD because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with it. But I put it up for a reader. And so it's there. And it is what it is. And one day I'll come back to it. <laughs> I have. I one, actually have three more chapters written, but it's just um. I have one EAD on my site. Um, it's you have to kind of go hunting for it, and it was the I it was the first year I'd done EAD, and um, no, pardon me, I have two, and, and it was the first year I had done EAD, and I actually it was because of some stuff that went down with that that I I'd, I'd asked Kira what her experiences were like posting on, you know, doing doing EAD on live journal or whatever. And she invited me to join her on her live journal EAD. Cause I was, I was going to do something different than what I was doing because even though I tell people the EAD stories were, you know, potentially transitory or they may not be finished because they were on my site. It was like, I think people would forget. And so I would get really hassled about them a lot. And I thought, well, maybe if they're like in a different spot where there's like, you know, it's like really clear there are different rules here. People will remember. So and actually, and I, I think, think that's that true. Was, it is true. Yeah. true. So I thought about moving that one EAD, the two, pardon me, two EAD things off of my site over to the over to EAD. You totally EAD. should. I mean, you can you can even backdate them. Yeah, and I probably yeah, I, pr I probably will because that it's just it's it's like this little like sometimes this little annoyance is when I do get comments on them, and sometimes I get very dramatic comments on them. Like, should I just give up on you ever working on? This yes, again? you absolutely yes. should fucking give up. Yes, give up. Um, should I should I erase it from my memory banks and delete all the links? Yes, please, please, do. please do. Um, somebody asked up above: Are will, will the stories be cleaned off the quantum bang? Um, no, they will not. Um, the quantum bang is uh, an archive for the bang. People are welcome to post their stories where they want after they go live on the site. But some people may never post their stories anywhere else. So they will live there. The only reason I can think of that they wouldn't live there is if we decided to stop running it and I didn't want to keep paying the web fees, in which case I would move the content. I would export the site and move it to a free WordPress. Right. But I yeah, do. I mean, if you don't want to publish on AO3 or your own site, if you want to um, be behind um, our moderation fence, or I stand on that wall because you need me on that wall. <laughs> That's perfectly okay. I'm more than willing to cuss out your readers if they don't behave. <laughs> you need me on that wall. You want me on that wall. So if if you don't want your stuff anywhere else, it doesn't have to be anywhere else. We, but we do have an AO3 collection that we're setting up for those of you who want to be on AO3. And we, we probably will add bookmarks to the works that aren't hosted on AO3. Um, just so there'll be a complete collection there for people to browse. But whatever. 
That's it. I'm not posting on AO3 because fuck them. But <clears throat> not either. <laughs> I am not changing that stance. It's totally Gandalf with, with the Balrog there. Yes, I agree. You shall not pass. You know, in that situation, that's probably not what I would have said. <laughs> More like, you want some motherfucker? Let's go. <laughs> you shall fuck off. fuck off. You shall fuck off. <laughs> Thou shalt fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> that gif is hysterical. That shall pass. <laughs> that is a troll dog for sure. Um. I don't have anything else QB related to cover, do we? What? Do we have anything else Quantum Bang to cover? Someone asked, um, when does the next one start? August 1st, if you didn't already say that. Uh, I think I said it in the chat room, but I didn't actually say it. Say it. Um, yeah, uh, that's signups open up August 1st, which would be the last day of rough trade. Then you can haul your little ass over to Quantum Bang and sign up for the next one. Yep. And we will, and the posting is, the schedule is basically the same every year. The only thing that changes is basically the art claiming date. And the reason why it changes is because we always want to have it on a Saturday. And because to try to hit Saturday in the U.S. to try to cover most of the people's work schedules. So for the people in Australia and the U.K., you know, for people in Australia, it will be, and, and New Zealand, it will be Sunday. So we're still on the weekend. You know, so that's why that's the one date that's changeable is the art claiming date. But all the other dates are going to be basically pretty fixed. We are going to adjust the schedule a little bit for next year um, to not have so much happening in the last three days, the last week before the posting goes live. So we're going to work on changing the schedule a little bit, but it won't be significantly different. It's still sign up. Um, we are going to shorten the alpha beta reader sign up window. Um, if people want to sign up to be alpha and beta readers, because um, we just, I just, well, I just don't want to deal with the sign up hassles for quite so long. And so we'll just handle that a little, a little bit differently, but mostly it's the signups for authors are going to be um, August through October. Authors can sign up until the end of February. I mean, artists can sign up to the end of February. And then uh, all of the dates will basically be very similar to what we have this year with just a little bit of tweaking in when your final draft is due. Speaking of penguins, you know those little cord guards you can buy little animals and little pigs, you know, they, that you attach to your phone cord so it doesn't bend? Yeah. Cord protectors. I found a package on Amazon with a penguin in it. Oh. So I had to get it. It also had a clownfish and a pig and a shark and a lion and a hippo. Is this the eight bite cable cable bites animal protector? Cute animal hedgehog, panda tiger, duck, penguin, seal I don't, lizard, pig. 
I don't have a hedgehog. I'm mad. You don't have a hedgie? I did not get a hedgehog. I got a glow-in-the-dark hippo, a glow-in-the-dark shark. You got a, a dog. Shark? I got two sharks. I got a regular shark and a glow-in-the-dark shark. And then I got a pig, a panda, a lion, a tiger, and a dog. And my penguin. And a clownfish. I, I have my. I think, I think I found the. I think I found the group that you bought. Um, I have the glow in the dark ping, uh, hippo in my bedroom <laughs> for my cell phone cord in there. You know, because I take my. Yes, I take my phone to bed, and yes, I do plug it in. <laughs> I definitely need the shark. I definitely need to get me a shark. One of these. I don't. I mean, because but, you know, yeah, it has two sharks. It has a. It has a glow in the dark shark and a regular shark. Need the link for the pack you got because I definitely want to glow in the dark shark because we got the feeding frenzy coming up soon. We are so close to done on the writing. Um, oh, that will be coming soon to a wild hare near you. Uh, we're talking about prior to the feeding frenzy, we were talking about um, cord drops. Um, at least that's what, these are cable drops, aren't they? Cable protectors, cable drops. Yeah. So Kira got a penguin cable drop and I am having envy over the shark one. I am going to my orders and I will, I will find it momentarily. Oh, there's a turtle. There's one with a turtle. Yeah, I know it was really difficult, but once I saw the one was a penguin and the shark, I felt like I didn't have a choice. I felt like my decision had been made for me. But there's a set here that has a penguin and a shark and a turtle and a hedgie. I need I need that link. Okay. Let me get rid of all the referral crap because who needs this shit? And it's got a fucking unicorn case. <gasps> oh. Would you look at that shit? A little mouse. A little penguin. And a hedgehog. A bunny. I, have a oh, I have a different penguin, so that would be cool. I have a gray and white penguin. This is a black and yellow penguin. And this is a fucking bunny, too. Yeah, turtle. I am putting this on my list. The unicorn pouch. I mean, that just makes it, doesn't it? The clownfish and the panda are the same. Oh, it has a sheep and a lion. Put the sheep and the lion next to each other. That's. I don't know why, but I find the mouse disturbing. <laughs> the little tail. <laughs> well, look and see if there's a version on your Amazon. Claire, do you have an Amazon in New Zealand? Do you have your own Amazon? Well, why is the shark blue? The shark and the mouse are practically the same color. There's like a shade maybe different between them and the duck. The bunny looks atrocious. The bunny, but the bunny cracks me the fuck up. <laughs> 
Oh, Claire, at, at Amazon New Zealand, they've got um, several. They've got ones that have, um, it's a smaller set, but it's got two unicorns in it. <gasps> Let's see. This is what we do in the pregame show. Um, that set is not a turtle. <gasps> oh, she's got a hippo. She got a fucking hungry, hungry hippo in this set. Yeah, my hip my hippo's glowing in the dark, which is great. My neighbors are having a house party. I went to Amazon New Zealand. Why did it? I said New Zealand. It's only giving me stuff that will ship to New Zealand. Maybe it just redirected me back to. That is fucking adorable. Look at that turtle. Turtle. <laughs> she could paint him red. <laughs> Someone asked me about if saying the F word really did kick me over to, into explicit for um, CastBox. And I don't actually know for sure, but I always, I mostly mark my podcast explicit. There are a bunch of them up there that are not marked explicit because CastBox loaded them for me. I mean, even though I made my whole podcast on Blog Talk explicit, CastBox did not do that when they transferred them over. The fact of the matter is, is I just go explicit so that way it, I don't have to worry about it and keep track of it in case I happen to talk about explicit butt sex. Yeah. CastBox is actually awesome. They are fucking awesome. I was in I was having a really hard time migrating my show. Um I had been on four or five different um sites and the the feed wasn't working because Blog Talk kept um has a funky RSS feed and uh, the team at CastBox went and downloaded all of my shows for me and then uploaded them to a channel and put it in my name. And there only ended up being about 70 that they couldn't pull because of Blog Talk. I mean, it was just game on. And it took them about two days to upload 302 shows for me. With art. The ones that had art kept their art. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I was just like blown away. Yeah, blog, blog talk is definitely a bag of dicks. Um, and also, it's free. <laughs> they didn't charge me a dime to do that. Yeah, and consider, I mean, I... I have I have I have to say that when I found out you were paying forty dollars a month for the podcast all this time, I was just like, oh my god! <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I had a moment. I mean, I know you were getting some revenue share from ads and stuff, but I still had a moment. I was just like, oh, <laughs> I need to, I need. But to I will say that paying salt. for it made me more likely to actually do them. <laughs> Well, true, but sometimes fandom also makes you more likely to do them. It's like we're having a podcast because people have been a bag of dicks again today. <laughs> and we need to talk about this bag of dicks. It's it's really out of hand. Or you read something and you're just like, God damn uh, it. We need to have a craft show because the person who did this is not going to hear it. But, you know, whatever. 
Um, I still have to say something. You don't want us coming to your fanfic and saying, Bob here. Um, <laughs> just wanted to let you know. <laughs> Although, if there's ever another plagiarism case, we are definitely activating the Bobs. <laughs> we will go forth and... And Bob. And Bob, yes. And the occasionally Bob's Dick. And we will even we will even activate that if 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 what's their faces don't do anything about it again for months on end we will definitely activate the dicks and we will probably bestow the mantle of cunt on somebody. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> yes, I'll hold. Every <laughs> <laughs> people decide if they want to be a bob or a dick. Are you frontline or are you escalation? All right, Bob's. Um, da, 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 da. I'm poking you. You're poking me? Yeah. Apparently, I didn't poke very quickly, though, because I'm having typo issues. I kind of wanted to save that for an actual podcast, like a you know a regular one, okay. um, maybe even as a subject for the podcast itself. Okay. Um, <gasps> we got another mechanical keyboard convert. I wanted to talk about that because I have um, not had a single hand cramp since I switched. I don't have. Oh, she got the habit. She got the same keyboard I have. Um, yeah, I, I don't get the kind of hand fatigue. Because the last time I did a really a big marathon of writing with the membrane keyboard mm -hmm. was when I was writing Century last November. And I did like, I don't know, twelve or 13,000 words that last day that I posted. And... Um, my hands were like claws. I my and they would not uncramp for days. And I have yeah. had on the mechanical keyboard. I mean, I had I had hand pain for days from that twelve thousand word day. And I on the mechanical keyboard, I've had a seventeen thousand word day and had no problem. None. I mean, I was getting cramps in the um in the palm of my hand. Um, and and my whole hand was curling up like a claw. It was agonizing yeah it's just it's not good it's not good and it's not it's not about angle or anything i mean although, although the 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 angle you type at is more reflection is more about what happens to your wrist right but when it comes to like the kind of cramps we get in our hands it comes from the how how hard you're typing and basically you're overusing the muscles in your hands because of the amount of actuation force you're putting on the keys and we just. I went to. <laughs> I went to. Um, <laughs> that's adorable. If I had to fish, I'd want those lures. I, that would be perfect. Um, I went to Best Buy. 
I told the story the other night. I went to Best Buy and um, got some fresh-faced um, Best Buy boy um, to take me around to all the mechanical keyboards um, and show me everything. And I got to play with the keys and figure out which one sounded great. I like the sound. And then um, then we found one that, that I had a, a feel for. And um, he didn't have the model that I bought out on the shelf. But he had a space to put one. So he pulled one out of a box and put it on the shelf for me. Nice. So that I could try it. And it ended up being my favorite one. So I bought that one. She has encounters with boy toys on a regular basis. Well, he was cute. I mean, but he also said he wished his mom was as cool as me. So. And as it turned out, his mom was three years younger than me. So, um, yeah. Y'all shut up. <laughs> um, so as part this is a funny little thing, I realized I don't know what I was thinking when I picked a condensed font for my own site, but I was looking at my site and doing some visual work on my site to help with some readability issues over there. I'm like, I gotta go look at this font. I mean, the thing is I agonized over my font, so I don't know why. In the agonizing, I picked a, a font that's condensed because a condensed font is more tightly packed. But anyway, um, I did. So I changed my font there. And then I was wondering, I wonder what font I'm using on the Quantum Bang. I used the same font on the Quantum Bang that I used on my site. I was like, well, that was poorly done of me. So uh, the, there has been a font change too. Most people probably won't notice it because it, you wouldn't notice it until you start reading. But we, I did pick, some, try to go with something a little bit more open. But we might be changing it to the same font Kira uses on her site. And I use Laura, L-O-R-A. I feel like it's really comfortable to the eye. And because mm -hmm. I do have a lot of content. And by the way, I did update my word count. Um, and I am precariously close to 3 million words. Um, Finding Atlantis will probably go up before the end of June because it's in beta now. And when it does, I will officially be over 3 million words. Nice. What happens at 3 million? I reset my word count for 4 million. <laughs> that's, that's it's just my personal goal. It's just like a personal motivation goal for me. And we will obviously have a party. <laughs> I am, um, I am at almost. 900,000 on my site finished work. If I count everything on EAD, I passed a million a little while ago. Uh, but just in completed works on my site, I'm a little over 900,000. So between the quantum bang and demons, I will go over the 1 million mark in finished works. That will be really site. cool. If I counted um, all the stuff on EAD and the stuff on wild hair um, and the two works in progress that I have posted on my site, I probably would be like 3.2 million, maybe. But I don't count those. Yeah, I don't count my unfinished works. So I'm only counting the finished works on my site. I will hit a million 45 words. minutes. We're 45 minutes out from you guys sitting in judgment of me. <laughs> For 12 hours and, and until it's Ellie's turn. I'm looking forward to Ellie's turn a lot. <laughs> And Ellie's turn, she, her, you know, her story is called Judgment and Justice. I mean, I'm thinking? just saying that then I won't be alone in being judged. 
<laughs> yeah, the being judged one at a time is a little bit. I don't know what we were thinking. I mean, I'm having a moment with that. I mean, yes, it, it is. It is. We would try to stick as much to bang tradition as we could with this, getting rid of things we didn't like. Um, and one of the things is, you know, it's one story at a time. So everybody gets their moment. And now I think, you know, it's like, wow. Um, what were we thinking? <laughs> we should have gotten rid of that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, no. Every, everybody needs their moment. Everybody needs their their moment for their story to be the one that is new on the site. So, I think it'll be fine. So don't don't sweat it. Um, but Sido, um, I'm up first. Unleash your demons. Yeah, so you're gonna Kira's post will go live in uh, 44 minutes. <clears throat> So hopefully the font that is on there right now will be pretty readable, but I'm going to read Kira's on the site when it goes up. So I will get some, a vibe of if the site, the, the new font is, is going to work. I picked a font that I did because it was round and spread out a little bit because I do have a lot of content and people, and I've noticed that when people come to my site, they tend to binge and I wanted to create, I, I wanted to use a font that would be really easy on the eyes. I looked at a list of what like some of the easiest fonts are to read. I have a preference for non-serif fonts. Um, so when I set up the QB site, I did pick non-serif fonts, but um, and Kira, Kira's sites are all in serif fonts. So, but we might switch to the same one she uses if it's if it's easier. But to Laura read. is on. I think it's on all three sites. I think it's on me, RT, and, and Wild and hair. hair. I'm not sure what I put on Lady Holders. It could be Laura. I, I like it a lot. It's it's very readable. Uh, it probably it looks like it, and Lady Holder likes serif fonts too because she likes she likes some of her font preferences that she's mentioned are definitely serif fonts. So, I'm I'm in the minority. Her crazy ass has been writing in some weird font. I'm not sure what it was on her, but I had to change it to read. What is the oh, current one on the QB? What's uh, the one? The one on the QB is um, uh, Open Sans. Yeah, she was writing on Comic Sans. I was like, girl. <laughs> well, I understand people write in Comic Sans, but editing in Comic Sans is, is nobody's friend because it's it's not the most readable font in the world unless you've got like or dyslexic. Fire Lady, oh, you ask about mechanical keyboards, USB or Bluetooth? Um, USB. USB. Uh, because I, I, I actually tested several keyboards that were act actively live and they let me put it up on the... They, Mostly used to test games, but he opened up a Word document for me. And what I and what we discovered, and I type roughly, um, outside of creative writing, about 120 words a minute. Creative writing is a little slower, um, obviously. Uh, but if I'm like copying from something, if I'm transcribing, about 120 words a minute. Um, there is a four or five second latency on on the Bluetooth. It's the latency. I ha I actually have a, I was like an idiot. I did a Kickstarter on a Bluetooth mechanical keyboard. The latency is so bad that my typing speed, because my sustained typing speed over 20 minutes to a half hour, just going balls out typing, I can sustain 99 to 100 words a minute on a test. So um, 
when my on a on a on a Bluetooth mechanical keyboard, my typing speed goes down to about sixty. That's how ridiculous. bad the drag is. It's uh, latency and having to error correct. It was just I would never plug in a mechanical Bluetooth again. It was so frustrating. And I was like, this is ridiculous. How would anybody play a game with this? He said somebody really cheap. I was like, well, we need to move on from this. <laughs> Comic Sans is that font that you flip to if you're having a problem getting started and it will just kind of restart your brain a little bit. But part of the reason it restarts your brain is because it's hard to read. So... <laughs> Rereading your own work, if it's in Comic Sans, like I said, unless you're dyslexic, and that, that's why you use that kind of font, is because the, the letters are irregular, right? And so it, the, the eye has an easier time tracking the differences between letters and the order in let, letters. Um, um, but yeah, some fonts that, uh, for, for editing, I would definitely recommend, well, you need to be in a font that is easy for you to read and spot your errors. If you're consistently not seeing your own mistakes, you might want to try a different font. There are a few fonts that are good for dyslexia. Um, Comic Sans, I think, is the most broadly available. But it's the reason why it's good for dyslexia is the reason why it can be helped good with being kickstarting your creative writing is because it's harder for you to micro edit yourself because it's harder to, for somebody who doesn't have that kind of visual that acuity issue with tracking the letters it, it's hard to quickly reread what you've written so i don't think it in general i don't think it helps people um edit unless they read that font well I think you see mistakes because you've put your work in a different format and in a different environment. You're seeing it in a different situation and it kind of tricks your brain and you start seeing things that you, that you overlooked that you expected to see like missing words, um, a missing end quote. Um, yeah. Preview is very useful. Another thing, well, one thing is you could try switching between a serif font and a non-serif font in your own writing. Like, pick the two. Pick the two you're going to use. Like, you could do Open Sans and Laura or whatever. Uh, but one of the things I noticed is sometimes I will hit submit on Rough Trade and immediately see a typo. And I think part of that is that it's a different style font. So I'm looking at the words differently. But... On my own site, I don't often notice the typos right away. So, because I use very similar fonts when I write versus what I. Well, it's true that I don't. There's there's almost nothing, no such thing as a truly clean, perfectly clean story. Um, I edited something for the fourth time yesterday and found a typo. So nothing is perfect, not even the Bible. The Bible has been in print practically longer, I think it longer than any other book on the planet, consistently in print over a series of um versions and editions, and it 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 has typos. So don't sweat it. Just accept it. I mean, there's some typos, like if you know you have a problem with a certain type of typo. You should look for that word, you know, put it on your edit, your standard editing list. I am going to, this is what I always do before I finish up a story, is I'm going to look for every instance of the word, 
in my case, shit. Poor. And I'm going to no, I get that one right now. Um, <laughs> that's harsh. No, shit. I'm, I'm going to look for every, because the thing is I've had two really horrible typos in my life um, with involving the word shit. <laughs> one of them was somebody, it was, it was somebody who was going to shift. It was a shifter story and they were going to shift and instead they shit, <laughs> which was bad juju. And another one where someone was putting on their shirt, but instead they put on their <laughs> shit. <laughs> and so, <laughs> because I swear a lot, I just need to look for the word shit before I publish and make sure that I'm not using it. That In I the wrong have... context. Yes. And that I never use it during a sex scene. Because you just should Never. Never use the word shit during an anal sex scene. <laughs> we don't need that that visual ever just don't do it um so if you, if you get out of the habit so i just it's one of part of my you know list is to look through look at there you go look at all the shit in my stories <laughs> um make sure that i don't have any i but always check waste and waste even though i don't think i do that i always check it because it that particular um he wraps his arm around his W-A-S-T. Oh. Yeah, we don't yeah. need that. Yeah, that particular typo drives me nuts, so I always check it in my work. Yeah, but if you have a word or two that you know you consistently get wrong and that it's easy to that for other people to overlook, I'm just going to throw it out there. You should, you, should, you should search for it. I fuck that up all the time. A lot of people do. And another one... I cannot tell you how many times somebody has L-E-A-D Harry into a room. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people say weary when they mean wary. And if this is a typo that you're typically guilty of, you should look for every instance of the word weary and make sure that you meant weary. I used to say weary instead of wary. I recently learned the difference between ordinance and ordinance. And honestly, I had no idea that there were two navels for a long time. <laughs> Jeep says, I started a fic and it had chalked on his cock and noped right out. Yeah, chalked instead of choked. That is such a fandom typo. I'm like, but honestly, I wouldn't want to read choked on his cock either. <laughs> Doesn't sound very... That's not sexy. No. And dominate instead of... Dominate being used, the verb being used instead of the noun dominant. Um, that is a very much a typical fandom typo. And it's super annoying. One of the first parts of um, one of the first few parts of Ties It Bind that I published, I had done a spell check before I um, uploaded it. Unfortunately, I did a correct all on a, a particular word spelling, and I and I didn't even pay attention to it. But Word corrected all of my caned to canned. And I didn't know it until after the fact. 
Shut Reaper. <laughs> you too, TK. Just psh, corner. <laughs> there is, and th this is, but in fandom, especially with some of these work, these mistakes that are very prevalent in fandom. Um, a lot of times they're contagious because of fandom. Um, in the early aughts, and probably for that full decade, uh, prostrate was a super common over prostate. And people <laughs> typed prostrate because they saw other people doing it. And they, it assume like, and they assumed that they were right. Because I don't see that typo anymore, right? But it used to be, I would say, easily 50 to 60%. Of slash the only thing worse is when you see um, colon on Twitter. Oh, no. I love the way his colon smelled. <laughs> you know they mean cologne. But you know they do. That's not what's coming out. <laughs> Did you really? Would you stop? And you need Don't to go back to high school. People owing other people debts. Oh, instead of debts. I actually wondered if that was like a... I've seen that so much, owing people debts, that I was like, is that like a UK spelling or something? Is that like a uh, some kind of slang phrase that I'm not getting? Yeah. I was Goes like, to Urban what's Dictionary? A, Maybe not. What's a debt? <laughs> that's an abbreviation. In the US, at least, debt is an abbreviation for department. It is not a blood depth. <laughs> okay, so it it's not like a, it's not like a UK English thing. All right. Yeah, you always know when you're dealing with somebody, um, a fan fiction writer who's probably um, not actually graduated out of the of the teens, um, because well, frankly, sometimes the sex is just completely impossible. Like. Have you ever even seen a penis? <laughs> Have you seen your own penis? <laughs> Do you know how that works? I was I was reading something the other day. Okay, I'm, I'm going to horrify. All of you guys get ready to cross your legs, okay, if you're out there. Fair warning. I was reading the other day. <laughs> this couple's having sex. And I did nope out over this. I couldn't deal. And, like, as part of the, I don't know, foreplay or something, one of them just sticks his finger in the other guy's <gasps> penis right he just sticks it right in i was like yeah no <laughs> you need a you got to work up to that b no do it with gloves on you know and like c lube dude <laughs> lube's a thing but you just don't so is your sounding but you don't start with a finger <laughs> you don't spring that on somebody and you just it was just like yeah right in Right in the in in the dick, his finger. It was like urethral sounding with a finger, and it was, and I guess the the other character was really into it in the story. But I was just like, no, not no, no, no. <laughs> That's not the way that works. I mean, some sex mistakes are so bad that it just throws you so far out of the story. Your 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 disbelief has committed suicide. It's in pieces on the ground like Humpty Dumpty, and there's nothing to put that back together again. I don't even know what to do with that. I mean, I, I I feel like actually sounding is not icky. Sounding sounds icky. Um, sounding can be really hot. It's just a matter of um, 
does do that does the a does the author know what the hell they're doing but i i've always been a little bit hesitant to write sounding because i don't i always worry like people are going to go off and use this as an instruction manual right <laughs> don't yeah. st don't stick things in your i mean yeah. like like one of the hottest things i've ever seen in my life um and I got to, I got to help. So I'm, I'm not, I wasn't mad at it was this electrified sound. It was an electric sound mm -hmm. and the, the, the elect electrical intensity of it, the more it was, the more it was in contact with, with the body, the less, the more diffuse the electric, the electrical current was right. So the electrical current is spread out versus, and if it's like, if you're just touching the tip of it, it's very intense. So when it was completely in, the sound was completely in, you have the, of course, the intense sensation of the sound being, but the electric, the electricity is very diffuse. When they pull it out, so it just, it's just, you've got all that electrical current right at the tip. And it's like, do you want it in there or not? And the Dom just had the submissive, like fucking his dick on that sound. Cause it was like, which do you want? Do you want the, um, do you want it in or not? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was a good moment. No. That seems. That's no. But anyway, it, it sounds, it's, it's very, it is kind of, it is edge play, even though if you know what you're doing, it's, you know, fairly safe, but. um, I wouldn't write it because I don't want to get it wrong and I've never personally done it. But more than that, um, like you said, I don't want to think I've, I don't want anybody to try it. I mean, I've never done it without sterilized implements and, you know, like betadine. So when I read, you know, that's been my experience with it was like, we're talking like sterilization packets and gloves and, you know, but which, you know, all of that, that side of it isn't like super hot but like when i read stories of people doing sounding with just like their bedside lube and and an implement that they've washed in the um in the uh in the dishwasher i'm like um oh, no probably not <laughs> that's that's not my experience of it okay because you've got to be careful i mean we use sterilized lube packets and it was, it's just that's not the way that that's not we didn't do it the way I read it in fanfic. Let me just say it, put it that way. But a lot of things happen in fanfics that you don't necessarily, um, that, that aren't, I mean, even in traditional romance, you know, in sex, the sex is always really good. But who wants to read terrible sex? Nobody. Yeah, nobody. Nobody. Sometimes funny sex, yes. But terrible sex where no one's happy at the end? No. But I mean, that's also why I don't write about fire play, right? Is because um, people are dumb. Well, oh, I wouldn't want to say that out I would, loud. Yeah, I would feel like I would need to write the safety stuff because I wouldn't. I mean, I don't know. And the safety stuff is just not hot. And there's a lot of safety stuff when you're working with open flames and putting it on people. Everybody gets off. It only hurts when it's good. <laughs> it's only the good kind of hurt. One time, it, the only person I ever got burned when I did with fire was me, and that well, the, actually, the worst burn I ever got was when I discovered I was allergic to gun gunpowder. Allergic to what? Gunpowder. Oh, because flash paper and flash cotton both are laced with gunpowder, and it's a pretty common fireplay tool is flash paper and flash cotton, which are 
um, often used in magic tricks and stuff. And, um, you know, I was, I was learning how to use the both. I mean, so they said, and the, and the guy I was working with said, we need to do an allergy test. Anytime you're working with, you know, and that was one of like his rules, like, okay, if you're going to go work on, if you, if you want to branch into like flash cotton and, and flash paper and stuff, you got to make sure everybody you work with has an allergy test. He says, and this is like how you do it. So he puts a little bit of flash paper on my arm and sets it on fire. And um, <laughs> it didn't go well for me. And he's like, yeah, that's what an allergy looks like. <laughs> so it's bad juju. Ow. <laughs> yeah, you know, don't put things in your butt or in your vagina or in, or in your, your dick. Definitely not. That in your are dick. not meant to be put in those places. And though yeah. I haven't said it in a while, I feel like it's pertinent in this moment to say it. No ass to mouth. Ass to no mouth. ass to vagina. Right. Um. Oh, Santa. <laughs> um, yeah, as as has, my, my experience of sounding is very careful, right? But as has at least one thing in the Doom Dick collection that is somebody, somebody's got a, 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 like a ballpoint pen hidden in there and it comes shooting out. <laughs> and it's like, okay. God, I don't even want to see that. That I'm could ruin me for a while. I'm pretty sure that's in the collection just to traumatize your husband i'm pretty sure yeah and that would do it uh so i mean don't stick things in your dick that shouldn't be there um or if you're gonna put well there's actually a lot of things you make sure that you know what the hell you're doing and that you've read the safety procedures before and really you should do a very careful sample test if you want to start thinking about putting ginger in your dick i'm just saying yeah figging um if you've never done figging before you put ginger in your vagina or in your anus or in your dick put it on your tongue and leave it there for as long as you can and then imagine putting that in a place that has roughly a billion more nerves <laughs> and if your ass can handle it for a couple of minutes and that's it your dick cannot handle it at all and yeah, and honestly, um, if if you're gonna do figging, I would um actually just recommend it for the anus because um figging can cause um infections um and I don't think it's worth it. I mean, if you want to spend a, a month and a half with a yeast infection, okay, <laughs> but really. You just got to be careful. There's something to be said for knowing I mean, what you're doing. Um, figging's for pain kinks. It is. It is actually an extreme. Um, it is an extreme sensation, and I'm saying that as a masochist. Um, I would not put ginger in my vagina, on my clit, on my nipples. No. Nope. Not a good idea. Used her vagina as a dart blower. What? Reaper, we need to talk about your your movie choices. 
Reaper, you need to stop watching shit like that. I mean, you know, because we're you don't make us give you, you know, like because reasons. <laughs> you don't want us to, to determine what you're gonna watch this year because we'll we we will take over. I think any of us are old enough to know. I have seen some really horrifying things in, in porn. I mean, just you gotta be careful. That's a little bit beyond Kegel. <laughs> That's. That's actually a good point to make about the Kegel exercises. That your vagina will. Um, which is why this is another reason why you don't want to put ginger in your vagina. Um, it's slick. And if it's not a particularly big piece. And your and your vagina contracts, you could actually pull that ginger deeper into your body instead of expelling it. And um, that's, that's how you lose condoms if um, you're not careful and you, you, uh, your muscles are clenching. And if your partner uh, doesn't pull out until after they're, they've gone flaccid um, and they don't grab their, the condom as they go, that your, your vagina will keep the condom. <laughs> I've had that experience. I had to get a gynecologist because it ended up behind my cervix. Because one of the things about your cervix is that when you orgasm, it flexes and it starts to suck because it's looking for sperm. Um, or looking for it's trying to drag sperm into your uterus so that you know reproduction can happen. Well, if you have a really good orgasm and you've got a loose condom and your muscles are contracting. You could end up in the gynecologist and in the stirrups waiting for a gynecologist to come in and pull a condom out from behind your cervix. Things you don't want to have to do ever is go and have something pulled out of you at the doctor's office. Regardless and then she of was like, she was like, oh, well, congratulations. And I was like, what? <laughs> that's, not, that's not something you tell somebody in, in stirrups. She's like, your cervix is bruised. I was like, She's he he must be hung like a horse. Oh, <laughs> you're lucky. I like you, <laughs> and you're not wrong. But you're just really lucky. I like you. <laughs> but yeah, that that was the problem. He did have a very large penis, and so the head of his penis was knocking right up against my cervix during intercourse, and at some point, um. Cervix got a hold of it. Right. And it pulled it right in. When he pulled out, it went. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, TK. <laughs> I, they actually have to use the little speculum on me. The fact that they have a little speculum is really kind of depressing because you know it's for kids, and um, but they do, and I have to that, that that's what I have to use because the big one it hurts. Yeah, and for virgins, yeah, I don't like so. I mean, any speculum I find to be really unpleasant. So I'm, I'm, I'm. I prefer the small plastic ones, but the first time I ever had a, a gano, man, they brought out that big metal one. I was like, are you serious? Well, you know, when I had, um, um, we had to get, get up on the overshare, but when I was, when I had my first like exam, um, 
I'm like in between a rock, so like unfortunate rock and a hard place, which is that I have a very narrow vagina, which is probably part of the reason why I never got so into vaginal sex because I'd be really relaxed to appreciate that. But it's also a lot, it's actually longer than usual. Hmm. So longer, but narrow. And so the small speculum makes it very difficult for them to get up to the cervix. But the full size speculum is extremely uncomfortable for me. So I have to, I mean, it's to the point like one of my doctors suggests I take a muscle relaxer before I come in for an exam because if they have to use the full size speculum, she has a hard time getting it in. So or a just, fairly large dildo. I mean, I'm just. <laughs> or, or, you know, plug for the dares. But I just, I just find it just, you know, unpleasant. It's probably why I like anal sex so much more. So, you know. It's just weird. It's just bio, you know, weird biological things. It's like, okay, this is going to make it hard from this perspective. It's going to be worse from that perspective. I don't know what to do. Pick your torture. Mm-hmm. Too wide or she can't get up there. Um. <laughs> I know it's not funny. I know, but just the way you said it, it's hilarious. <laughs> Well, I mean, she's just like, she's like, um, okay, I got, I'm, I'm, this is, I'm going to be really uncomfortable, but this, I, this speculum is not long enough. And I was like, <sighs> and she's like, just, just hold on. And she's like, and she's, I mean, she was just, she was like, she's jamming that speculum in. Like she was like trying to come out the front. It was really. Wow. And actually I think in your case, it might, it might be the back. You know, cause <laughs> okay, it's the angle that <laughs> Maybe she's trying to come up through my throat. I don't know. She was really trying to get in there. But it was just, it was very unpleasant. But yeah, I mean, I don't understand. Actually, I don't understand the any of the bleaching that people do down there. Certainly anal bleaching, vaginal bleaching. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, and I certainly don't see there's a point in bleaching the cervix. Because if anybody's looking at it, no one better be looking at your cervix who is not your a doctor. Doctor. Who the fuck would who the fuck would bleach their cervix? No one needs to see your cervix except your gynecologist. And if it's bleached, then she might miss a problem. Yeah, she needs to. And I, I would hope if your gynecologist saw that you'd bleached your cervix, she'd have words with you. That was Serious. not a good idea. Serious words. For fuck's sake. There was like one day, and, and don't, just don't put things in your vagina that shouldn't be there, okay? There are water-safe lubricants, water, that are very close to body chemistry that you can use. Get the right lube for your vagina if you're going to need, if you're going to need, otherwise don't put things in there. You know, don't put glitter pills in there, no glitter lube. Glitter. Why the fuck would you put glitter anywhere near your vajayjay? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put flavored lube in my vagina either, honestly. I don't even no. know why that stuff exists. I think it's stupid. So use a really high quality. I think flavored lube is probably more beneficial on the dick. Yeah, that could be. But I mean, if I'm going to, I mean, I guess it's not going to change the ultimate. That, that flavored lube is not going to change the ultimate taste of the end product. I'm just saying. Um, no, no, you're right. And if, the, and if the dick tastes that bad to start with, you shouldn't put your mouth on it. Right. But yeah, there were, there were a couple, I didn't, I saw them because sometimes I go to, you know, uh, 
AO3, and I look at what like has recently been posted in any of my fandoms, like what's been posted that's complete in the last 24 or 48 hours or whatever, and I'll just scroll through and see. And the Team Wolf fandom often traumatizes me because they post some weird ass shit in there that I just wish or I was some terrible fucked up shit that I. But there were like two or three posts on one day about glad vaginal glitter bombs, and I was like. This must Come be a prompt. This, this must be a prompt that people are are writing about vaginal glitter bombs. I I have no idea why people were writing about it, but I, I actually was like, I can't. I can't read about craft herpes in someone's hoo ha. Craft herpes. <laughs> it's true though. Glitter is the herpes of the of the craft world. It really is. You drop I, glitter in your house, you'd be finding it a decade from now. I bought a shirt one day. Um, I, I go to the store. It's I love the shirt. It was beautiful. And it's it, but it had like all this design on the front. And I thought it was like usually when I get glitter on a shirt, like it's sparkly, it's like it's a treatment in the paint, right? It's not actual glitter. It's it's oh, like no. you know, it's like a fat it's like you know how they have the that stuff that the, that they do silk screen the screening with where it's like a sparkly paint or something or whatever yeah. they do. You know, like it's I don't know. Anyway, so I go home. It says to wash it inside out, which is fine. Most of my graphic tees say to wash them inside out. So I'm used to that. And so it's a black t-shirt with this silver design on the front. And I turn it inside out. I put it with my other black laundry. And I, I come back and I open up the washer. And it's like a disco ball in there. Everything is covered in silver glitter. Oh, and I was like, no. what the fuck? And so... And I pull it out and this shirt, I turn it back inside out and the inside is just all of that glue, that glitter glue had dissolved and it had gotten everywhere. And that's certainly the inside. So I took it back. I, I was so pissed. I was so pissed. I was like, all of my laundry is covered in this silver crap. And then my, that was, I mean, Glittergate, that, that was like when, when my hate on for glitter began was with that shirt. Trying Did you to get, get your money thing. back? They gave me, they gave me my money back and they gave me like a 30% off my entire next purchase. But, and they, they, That's and they decent. said, yeah, which was nice, but you know, I was, but it, it was hours to clean those. I mean, I had to wash and dry everything repeatedly and some things couldn't be dried and then even and black. So they faded. Black. Right, and I had to l use a lint roller on every piece of clothing to get it off, to get the last of the glitter off. I'm mad on your behalf, and I wasn't even there. I just <laughs> it can still be in that washer. <laughs> oh, the thing is, I was finding glitter in strange places for months. Like, I would suddenly have a piece of silver glitter on my cheek. I'm like, I have no idea where that came from. And yeah, it was still in my washer forever. I did buy, um, I did do several runs through of the washer with you know to try to get the glitter out but all you know it just it was terrible i was so furious mm -mm -mm. With, with these people with with the shirt it was you just, guys we got 10 minutes <gasps> it's about to happen how are you feeling i'm really nervous i need somebody to go over and read the prologue and then come back and tell me it's okay <laughs> <laughs> of course it's okay i mean i know i know but you know this is nerve this is my first big bang I never participated no. in before. This is why I should have gone last. <laughs> I don't know if it would have actually been worse. Have 14 more days of nerves. I don't know. I think it would have been worse because I've regretted all my life choices since we switched places. <laughs> <laughs> well, next year I'll go last.
Well, well, yeah, we'll switch the position next year. But it was like, uh, why did I want to go last? I actually I didn't want to go last. I just we wanted to bookend it. So I was going to go first or last. And then it was like, uh, no. So I wanted to go last. You're the one telling me I had to heal the fandom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Well, after I saw Endgame, I, I like, you know, like I stomped home and I was like, I think you should go first. I mean, seriously, the MCU fandom really needs this right now. Because a lot, honestly, a lot of the fix I've read post-Endgame are very bitter. And I think something that is not bitter is really good, would be really good for people right now. I haven't read any of them. Um, I I don't know. I, I was just not in the headspace for it. Um, yeah, salty author tag. Um, I wasn't salty. I... I went into Unleash Your Demons um, hopeful. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there's, I mean, I just, the, a lot of it, and this is the problem with, like, a, the really bitter stuff, is a lot of times I get to the end of these stories and there would be, like, nothing, no resolution, nothing to feel better. Like, the only one I can think of that really made me feel good about life, and it wasn't bitter, it was the, that one of Trek Cats where um, Goose solves the everything fixes everything in like 2000 words it's like end game solved uh but no i mean you set out to do a fix it and you didn't do it in a way that was bitter or salty or which i don't mind there are times when i like a good you know that the author's salty tag really works for me but uh i i like that you approached it from a you know your fix it from a place of healing and hope rather than being angry. So that's why I felt like, you know, we, you know, the, the MCU fans really need this, need this story. And so I thought maybe we should reverse, but then I kind of did my little informal poll. I'm like, <clears throat> my voice just went yellow. I don't know if my, you did pop a little. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go back to green. I'm back to green. Um, but, and so I did my little informal poll and go, okay, how would you feel about posting before or after Kira? Um, or, you know, really? And, so some people have very strong opinions. So uh, one person, well, I don't want to post right before her. I was like, well, somebody, if she goes last, someone's going before her. Yes, you got right after. Sorry, Ellie, you luck of the draw. You know, you actually, when I did my layout for the Harry Potter stories, it wasn't you who came up in that spot. Um, right after Kira, but it was the longest story in the challenge that came up after Kira. And I was like, we can't drop 115, 160K in the same day. No, that would be harsh. That would be really harsh. Yeah. And I, well, I, I will say that I did not wallow in angst. There are really heavy emotional moments in Unleash Your Demons. Um, Tony and Nebula have a lot of baggage. Yeah. You, I mean, you have yeah. angst moments, but you it's not an angst story. So No. Um, no, I don't wallow in angst ever. Even in Darkly Lowell, I didn't wallow in angst. It's like, you know, dipping in and out. So we got five minutes to go. So speaking of fluff bingo, I was going to put, I, I'll, have to, I'll have to coordinate Kira offline after, but I'm thinking that even with, um, we'll be starting it soon. Um, we'll be starting fluff bingo soon. Uh, but I'm thinking that it's going to be run for four months is my rough thing right now because it's 16 squares. And that way, if you can crank out a story a week, 
you will hit blackout. And if you can't, if you can only do four stories, you get one story a month, you will be able to get your single bingo in. And the story lengths mm. oh, are going to be 500 to... I got to save that. Hold on. Is that justice, Ellie? I got to save the pretty. <laughs> Is that your cast? I am all in. <laughs> It's not in your cast collage. Is that justice? Oh. Okay, I'm fanning myself. Um, I'm saying something. What was I saying? Elliot, fluff Elliot, bingo. Uh, oh, the fluff bingo. So uh, we're th I'm thinking 500 words. You could do travel length up to 10,000. I got to cut people off somewhere because, you know. People getting stalled out on a hundred thousand words of fluff, but you can do anything. <laughs> if any you did, I would laugh at you. Okay, really hard. We, I'm not even sure I could do five k of fluff. You can pure fluff. It doesn't have to be pure fluff. I'm not policing. I'm not going to police people, but I mean, like one of the prompts, I did my bingo card because I did a run of the bingo cards and I filled mine out first, which means what I did, I took the bingo card and I filled in the spots. And one of the ones that came up for me with baby goats and I was like, I cannot do 10K of baby goats. So that is going to be short. Um, <laughs> well, if baby goats doesn't come up on yours, Claire, you be sure to do baby goats for your free space. Because your free space does have to come from the list of prompts that you didn't get. Yeah, I started working on making the bingo cards. Um, so, but again, you can do any fandom, any pairing. Um, you can have stories that are connected, but they need to stand alone, which means you can't just write like, you know, 16 chapters of one thing. That's not the point. But we will get the rules up soon in the next few days. Um, I figure we're going to have to let it start the minute we get the rules up because people aren't going to wait. They're going to start writing. Right. Yeah, I agree. So you can mothership the whole fucking bingo card if you want fire. <laughs> I would not be mad. And actually, you could even have two bingo cards. You could have one just for your pairing of choice. I wouldn't be mad about mothership. And you could have one to do whatever the fuck you want. Artists can have an art card and a story card if they want. I'm sure that Claire will be delighted to see some fan art with baby goats in it. I took pair of a baby goat once. I actually will use it for inspiration in my baby goat tag. <laughs> my my aunt raised goats and she needed somebody to come down and feed the baby goats, the ones that were on the bottle. They are adorable. If there's anything better than a baby goat in pajamas, I don't know what it would be. Like now I need to go over to the Quam Bang and make sure it actually fucking posts because we have that scheduler set up. So I'm going to do that. Let's, let's actually close the podcast. Um, and um, happy reading, you guys. And I, I hope you like it. 
They will like it. Have fun with all the fic. We will, of course, you know, we're not going to disappear for the next two weeks. We'll be, I'll be in the chat room um, just to keep an eye on stuff. So uh, I'll talk to you later. Say goodnight, Jilly. Night, everyone.